Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Well, good morning. Good morning. Those of you who may be here for the first time, it is such a delight to have you. My name is Greg McKinney. My wife and I are the lead pastors here at Glory Church. And if you're watching with us online, we got a good amount of Glory family with us online this morning. It's so good to have you. Um, it is it's an awesome day to be with you. You guys missed the uh, just the feeling in here. So I'm looking at the, uh, at the, the camera for that. But it is such a good morning. If you missed announcements, we have a pretty cool thing going on for the moms in the room. Uh, if you would uh, just do us the honor of sticking with us, moms, uh, we have a lunch. We have a, a, a restaurant reserved for you. So to make it a little easier, if you guys want to go get, like your moms, if you want to grab your kids, make the transition easier for them, they're going to watch on this big screen a movie with some pizza, and you ladies can have some lunch together and uh I'm excited for that for you. I don't know. I will speak not from uh, personal experience, obviously, um, but motherhood is sometimes one of the most isolating experiences. Um, the, the pains pre-motherhood as well as the pains post-motherhood, the isolation. And so if you're in that place, know that you're not alone. We got a lot of ladies that want to enjoy uh, a lunch with you, and so come and do that. For everyone else, uh, you're just going to have to get lunch on your own, okay? You have to get lunch on your own. But I am excited. This is week two of our series over Habakkuk, and if you were with me cognitively during that prayer, you get a little bit of, of what we came from last week. Uh, Habakkuk is this three-chapter small book, and uh, the majority of you guys have probably not read it with a coherent mind. It's one of those books that you just, you know, you're going to go through the whole Old Testament in a year or the whole Bible in a year. It's one of those minor prophets that you're like, can I just get through it? What is this about? But if you actually sit in it, whew, it's good. And so last week we dove in chapter one. I will make sure that you can stick with us if you did not hear that message, though I encourage you, listen to the podcast, all right? Listen to that message. Chapter one is this beautiful plea from Habakkuk to the Lord, and this is what makes Habakkuk a very different book than any other minor prophet book, because it's not a book containing warnings to Israel. Most of the prophets, if not all of them, hear from the word of the Lord to tell Israel to change their ways. And so then the, the prophet has this hard duty of going to Israel and being like, you guys are screwed up. You're doing something wrong. Let's go to the right way. And now it's every, every prophet except Habakkuk. Habakkuk is this beautiful picture of prayer conversation between Habakkuk and the Lord. And the Lord responds. And then Habakkuk prays. And then the Lord responds. And hearing from you guys, some of you were convicted by how vulnerable Habakkuk was in his prayers, how reliant he is, how able he was to just say, whatever you say, God, I will respond to it. I mean, that's what Habakkuk 1 is. He, he's literally like, I'm not going to make this preconceived explanation or expectation in my mind of how you're going to respond. I'm just going to let you do it, and I'll see what I answer. I'll see how I answer. And if you heard with us last week, uh, God's answer was not the easiest. 
God literally said, I know that you're in trouble, in turmoil. I know that the Assyrians have captured you. Your people have died. I know that there's death and pain and you're, you're fearing the economy, but I am sending the Babylonians. And if you remember, the Babylonians were like, no, God, don't do that. Habakkuk's like, no, I don't want the, 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 and I compared it last week. I don't want the pandemic to come. I don't want death to come to my family. Keep it over there. No, the Babylonians are coming. And there's a Babylonian season. And he's like, no, have you heard about the Babylonians? They spear people. They, they, they destroy families. They don't care. They take our women for themselves and kill off everyone. They take our children. Why, God, would you allow this evil to come here? And then Habakkuk sort of pauses. And he lets the Lord respond. Because we talked last week how sometimes God allows Babylonian seasons, hard things, deadly things, fearfully hard things to come into our life because it shakes everyone up. It shakes the rich, it shakes the poor, it shakes the, those who are, are holding down with rash, uh, ill judgment. It shakes everyone up. And the world will fear Babylon and the people of God get to stand up and fear the Lord. And so it's this huge shift that happens when a Babylonian season, when death reigns. And we, we, you guys have seen it. What happens when a world faces something scary, deadly? The world will try to overcome it, but be overcome by it. And we fear the Lord, and he allows us to stand through it. And so that's what's going on, and it continues. And if you were with us, Habakkuk sort of chapter one bleeds into chapter two, and there's this little hope where God says what I, what I spoke in that prayer, hey, write the vision down, because there's going to be an end to this. The death that you're afraid of, my son will take on. And he won't just take on, he will destroy it. Death will be destroyed. There's going to be an end. The thing that you're afraid of, you can hold on. Terry, even if it seems to tarry, even if it seems to lag, be patient. Because my son will take the very thing that the world is fearing and overcome it. And so this week, uh, it continues in verse 6 of chapter 2. If you guys want to open up to there, I promise you, chapter 2, verse 6, and onward is where we're going to end. Uh, we're, we're literally going to take over the whole chapter, and it is a strange one, all right? Because you know how I told you there was no warnings to Israel in the book of Habakkuk? Well, there is a warning to Babylon. It's really interesting. There is a warning to the culture that is coming to Habakkuk. And so it's this really powerful thing, this whole chapter, and I need you to bear with me, okay, because Jesus, the Lord, will speak to us five woes. Can everyone say woe? Woe. Now, five woes here are like warnings, they're judgments, but I need you to remember these five woes are to the culture surrounding Israel. They're to the Babylonians who are coming, and so these five woes it's a lot, all right? I, I tried to like make them four woes, but God said five woes, so Pastor Greg has to keep with the five. So you're going to have to stick with me, all right? We're going to zoom through these five woes, but the most beautiful reason for this is God is saying, Habakkuk, I've got five warnings, judgments on the culture that's coming to you, but I'm telling you it so that you can lead my people out of it. Meaning I'm telling you these woes so that very, very real, like 
In all honesty, you can say, hey, people, whoa, 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 don't do that. Like, it, it is this gauge. And so this morning, uh, as we get into this, these are five judgments of the world. And you say, we're not supposed to judge people. Correct. This is the Lord's judgment upon the world. But what it also is, is a heart check, a gauge, because there's some things that the Holy Spirit will be in you and he won't say, woe to you. He'll say, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go there. Some of you have been allowing yourself to believe this. Some of you have allowed yourself to act like this. This isn't a judgment that, that this is coming. This is a, whoa, put the brakes. Because as you'll see, for all, all of history, Babylon, ba- Babylonian experience, Babylonian seasons, the culture will act like this, and the church will get remnants of this in its culture. And so what we're going to talk through is how we as a church, because, I mean, Jesus could very clearly say, hey, glory church, I got judgment on the world around you. You see it, but I'm going to tell you it so that you can stand set apart from it. And so we got to lean into this. So it starts off very clearly. And as we get in this, uh, I'm going to say each woe first. I'm going to explain it. And then we're going to read it so that you have that, that framework, all right? So we're going to dive right in. There's five of them. Remember, the first one, this woe, is the pursuit of selfish ambition. And so he's looking at Babylon. And the first woe is, hey, I need you to know that Babylon, the culture that they will bring, is one of selfish ambition. And so it's, it's written out this in verse 6. Shall not all of these people, Babylon, take up their taunt against him. So all of Israel and Babylon and Assyria, they're going to start taunting each other with scoffing and riddles for him, Babylon, and say, woe to him who heaps up what is not his own. For how long? And loads himself like thick clay with pledges. Now, this is why I told you the woe before we read this, because some of you would be like, what did we just read? What was going on in Babylon where there was some wealthy people who were taking up Ponzi schemes. Do we got that? They were taking up manipulating Ponzi schemes to, uh, to trick the Israelites, to trick the Assyrians into giving them more money. And they would, would be like, but this is worth it. And what really they were doing were stacking onto themselves so much like thick clay money. This selfish ambition, this I will rule It is a selfish desire, I wrote this, to control outcomes now. I want to control it now. I'm the immediate, on my own, with my power now. It's the culture that Babylon brought to Israel, and it's the culture that our world has. You see, when death, fear goes rampant, think about our world. We want to control it now. To make our plan, our our ambition more obtainable. Personally, I want to make my life better. So men were conducting these schemes. They were making people in debt while they were thriving. And the woes, some of you are like, well, I'm not like a Ponzi schemer. Well, trust me, like, I'm not either, all right? (laughs) I promise. But all of these woes start from a belief. They start from a false belief. And so every time I tell you a woe, there's a false belief behind it. And this one is, if I don't take claim, acquire, then I won't have enough. Then there will be enough. If I don't take claim and acquire, if I don't take enough toilet paper, then there's not going to be enough. If I don't take enough, there's not going to be enough. 
And it's this belief that says, I have to acquire, I have to have, I have to claim, I have to control, because there's limited resources in this world, and I need what my family needs. Now, that sounds good, but that's the lure of Babylon to then one day look like a manipulator, a Ponzi schemer. And so that's what is happening. This is the first woe. The Babylon people, they were like, I must increase my livelihood. And honestly, as I do this, make me safe, make my family safe, make my agenda safe. You feel this? It's going to limit the rights of others. And that's when you know Babylon's ruling. When the, the, the rule of some limits the rights of others, Babylon. Woe to them. Woe to them. And so this is the heart that says, if I don't take, then I won't have. And the Hebrew word, if you caught it, it says load himself with pledges, like thick clay. Like thick clay. Uh, it means like this, like thick clay is added to a boat. I don't know if you have ever seen like the old timey thick clay uh, being added to the boat, but it's this idea of making the boat stronger by putting there. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, commentary. I, I was reading this commentator. I was like, I don't, do people use clay for boats? That doesn't make sense. I feel like the water would make it go away. And so I looked it up, Googled Mesopotamian boats. And what they would do is they would build the boat out of wood and then make it stronger by packing it with this thick clay. And so what God is speaking to Habakkuk is saying they are imagining their life as a boat, and the more stuff they can pack onto it, the stronger they believe they will be. But as I talk about a boat, what happens if you just keep packing thick clay onto a boat? It's going to sink. It's going to sink. And what they don't realize is as they acquire more because they think that they don't have enough, they're ending up sinking. And so I, one commentary, and I don't have it up here, but he said those who believe this lie will gain riches, but they are like a thick clay to their soul. The riches will thicken, they will retard, which means slow, and they will dirty their journey. So they go through this world in the midst of abundance. He, he quoted it like this, the midst of abundance. They will think, I've got all the money. They'll go through with the midst of abundance, but always will believe that they need more. Woe to Babylon. Woe to Babylon. And so church, a lot of abundance, it's very interesting, a lot of this chase for abundance is so easily bled into the church. I've got to take, I've got to have because there's not enough. It's interesting, God puts money in the mouth of a fish. Like God puts money in the mouth of a fish. He has endless resources in the kingdom. And I, I've struggled with this. Like, we're trying to pray through, like, what's next for my family? And uh, one of our dreams, I'll just tell you, if you want to pray for this, one of the dreams for, for us is we would love just a, a retreat one day. Uh, just, like, a good getaway for our home. Like, and that's just something, I'll be honest, we live in the inner city, which is we love being there. But I know that one day God's going to just give my kids, my wife, a good home uh, that has some land. Uh, quiet. And I don't know, it's not yet. I get that. But that's a dream. And I don't think that's a bad dream. Because if you do a 10 minute radius around uh, Troost Avenue, there are some there's some land. And so we just have that. But I have this idea, like I have to acquire it now. If I don't constantly look, anyone else been there during like home searches? You're like, if I don't look today, I'm going to miss something. 
I'm going to miss it. That's Babylon. Whoa. Whoa. And so we have to take on this idea of Solomon. When he was like, I, God said, what, what do you want? And, and Solomon says, I want wisdom. Because, right, instead of fearing Babylon, I'm going to fear the Lord and, and wisdom, right? Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want wisdom, Solomon said. And so what you need is not the thing that you've been trying to acquire. It's wisdom, which James says, right? Ask for wisdom if you lack it, and God will give it to you. He gives generously the wisdom without finding any fault. And so what some of you are going to need to do is stop praying for the house. Stop acquiring the money. Stop trying to acquire what Babylon is acquiring, but you ask for wisdom about what you're wanting to acquire. And the Lord will generously give it, not the thing, but the wisdom. And so it continues. That's woe one. We made it, right? Woo! Woe one. The second woe is similar, but different. The second woe is the pursuit of self-preservation. Self-preservation. It's a pursuit that leads us inward, upward, and immediately away from others. Because i got to preserve my life. And other people are dirty. So i got to preserve my life. And so this is what it says. Woe to him, verse 9, who gets evil gain for his house so that he can set his nest on high and be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many people. You have forfeited your life. Now, this woe is interesting. Babylon felt the need as we go into this place. What I need to achieve for myself is the type of resources so that like an eagle, I can soar above any other prey and have a little nest up here. Away from the problems of man, away from the, the little Israelites, the Assyrians who are weak, and they started promoting this kind of culture. Get yourself structured, stability, Far away from others, lock the door of your home, be safe away from all problems. And this is the way of Babylon. It is this lie, if you want to write this down, I am my own defender, Babylon says. You want to escape death? You want to escape destruction? You want to be safe from harm? Barricade yourself on your nest. Lock up your doors. Store up your home with the food that you need. Get all the toilet paper you need because protect yourself and your family at all costs. That's the number one thing we're going to do right now. As a culture, we got to protect ourselves. So get in your home. Lock up because it's safe there. Do you check in with me? What happens to those who don't have a home? What happens to those whose homes are abusive? See, God sees beyond that. He knows Babylon might say this, but the people of God live at a different belief. Because we're not, and all of that sounds good, right? It sounds like wisdom. When fear, when sickness, when death surround, you store up, secure your walls, make yourself, your family protected. But that is the cultural norm of Babylon, not the church. And that's a hard thing to wrestle with. But God needed Habakkuk to know this. Your people, if you're going to stand strong, you're going to get a little uncomfortable. You're going to trust me in the wilderness. If you're going to stand strong, you're going to wait on me to provide the manna. 
Literally, the passage continues, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he begins saying, if you want to like write this down, it's really cool. He begins saying, the house that you built for yourself, the very stones are going to scream your shame. Like he said, the very timbers in the, in the roof are going to speak your shame because they know what's going on out there, and you're staying in here. It's the very, the very timbers the shout, are going to shout your shame. But those who fear the Lord speak this. And this is the word of the, whoa, 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 don't go there. Because the Lord is my defense. The Lord is my shield, my rock. So I will operate in his kingdom, with his kingdom, as his kingdom, for his glory. I will operate in his kingdom. And sometimes his kingdom goes into the unknown, right? If not always, Jesus was with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the drunkards, the lepers. Jesus was in there. The Lord is my defense. And it shakes up. That's Babylon. And so woe number three, if you've been with us, we got, right, uh, self-preservation. We have selfish ambition. And woe number three, it starts right after that. And this is what it says in verse 12. Woe to him who builds a town with blood. And founds a city on iniquity. So, if you're taking notes on this, this third woe is the pursuit of violence and unjust deeds. The pursuit of violence. Now, maybe from the outside looking in, you're like, whew, I was a little, you know, convicted of the past two. But this one, I'm not a violent person. So, I can like sit aside, I'm not a violent person. So, this woe, 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 woe isn't for me. I, I'm, not, I'm not lured by this. But you know that violence starts from rage and rage starts from anger and anger is in you. <laughs> violence starts from rage and rage begins with anger and anger is in you. Anger is in me. Anger is in me. I get angry when things don't go my way. Anyone else? I get angry when things are not right. And sometimes that is a God-given thing. And that's why, like, because things aren't godly, righteously right. But can we just be honest? Sometimes the flesh is like, that's not right for me. And I am angry. Children should not scream. Children should not be um, selfish. That's just not right. And I get angry. Children should not bother me. Anyone ever feel that? I think... The fifth month of my baby, Jack, he was a terrible sleeper. Fifth month of him crying all the time, I realized why holes are in some people's houses. Because violence starts from rage and rage starts from anger and anger is in you. It's in me. But Babylon, what was happening, it's, it's this, this sad thing. I wrote this down. The heart had a slow fade of human value and a quick growth of personal value. A slow fade of human value. And that's what, that's what sinful anger does. It has this slow fade of human value while you have a quick growth of your personal value. That's the culture of Babylon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to stay away from that. The slow fade of human Babylon. And that's why the whole, like, Babylon taught this lifestyle of if I need to bend the rules to better me, I'll do it. If I need to cut corners, I'll do it. 
If there's a compromise, it's okay, because if I don't, others will. And, and there's a more value of my household than their household. And so I got to do it. And so Babylon taught this, this to establish your life, your countenance. You sort of got to tear down others. It's like the you know, stereotypical uh, bully <laughs> who covers up his insecurities by putting down others. Literally, that's what it means when he, he establishes his strength by tearing apart others. Literally saying, I'm going to take your joy. I'm going to tear down your body while I try to build up mine. Like that's literally, the world cannot build up on their own. They have to take something in order to build it up. And so that's what Babylon is doing. They're taking people's homes and using the very wood from that home to build the, their own home. That's what's going on. They're establishing. And that's why it said, He's, he establishes his strength by tearing apart others. That's why it says Babylon builds towns with bloodshed. And maybe the whoa, 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 whoa that the Holy Spirit's telling you is, hey, when you get insecure, you sort of lash out on people. When you get insecure, you start getting into sarcastic mode and hit on other people's outfits that they're wearing. When you get insecure, you sort of start taking from other people to build up yourself. That's a, now, I'm not judgment, the Holy Spirit would say, but I am whoa, 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 whoaing. That's a woe on the culture. You're supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to be set apart. And so Israel says this. They, we don't establish ourselves by tearing down. We say, I am established by Jesus' blood. I am established. I am made whole. I am enough by his blood so that I can build up others. And this is what I need you to know. Like, as Israel, you have the ability to build up other people. As the church, you have the ability to build up other people. Babylon can only build by taking. Babylon can only build by tearing. They got to use the resources around. We have the ability to build without taking. And that is what, that's why the Spirit is saying in you, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You can build them up without taking anything. You can build them up without taking anything. And then number four happens. Whoa, number four. And so we have, if you've been with me, right, selfish ambition. We got self-preservation. We have violence, which none of you do. And then we have woe number four, and it's honestly the saddest, the pursuit of self-pleasure. This is one of the saddest woes in Babylon, and we see it in our culture. It's this uh, idea of using others for the benefit of myself. Using others to get my fix, my satisfaction. Using their picture, the video of them that they hate, they got paid to do. using their body for my pleasure. This is the woe, and it's written like this. Woe, in verse 15, to him who makes his neighbors drink. You pour out your wrath and you make them drunk in order to gaze at their nakedness. Yeah, men were abusing their neighbors by getting them drunk so that they can have sex with them, rape them. And this is the culture. If you want it, go get it. And it says, you'll have your fill of shame instead of glory. In other words, the culture said, if it feels good, if it satisfies me, if it's what I want, 
If I need it, if I crave it, then it's for me. It's for me. Did you know that your cravings, your likings from birth were never godly? Like, can we just... (laughs) Only by the blood of Jesus can you crave good things. Like, it's just not going to happen. But Babylon, they are craving and longing. And I think our world says this too. Like, if it fulfills my wants, then it's for me. In other words, it was this deep belief that people are here for me. And this is where God would say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Your wife isn't here for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. That boyfriend's not here for you. That friend is not here for you. Your parents are not here for you. They're not your resource, and that's it. They're here for the glory of God that you get to be a part of. They're not here for you. But this is the deep belief in Babylon, and can we honestly see, like, we go into this so much. I mean, this is the porn industry. People are here. I mean, they want to. They want to do it. We package it up in a beautiful way, right? In a, in a luring way. And we use them to satisfy ourselves, and the people who are owning it are using them to satisfy their pocket. Yeah. It's a deep belief that people are here for me. People are here for me. She is a resource to me. He is a resource to me. That friend is a resource to me. People are not resources. They're image bearers. They aren't. To spot God's glory in, yes. But to see his glory in. To value. The wording, if you caught it, said that they poured out their wrath by making others drunk. And one commentary was like, I mixed this, uh, the wording of, they were giving people a mixed drink. The man receiving the wine thought he was getting a friendly cup of wine, but it was a mixed drink. It had mixed motives, mixed intentions, mixed wants. And so this is very important. We have to realize that our culture of our world will pour out to other people, but there will always be mixed motives. But the people of God, we pour out pure. Like that's the beauty of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We get to pour out pure. There's not this secondary motive and we have to watch this. Like it's a what you see is what you get when you look at Pastor Greg. I'm not gonna have a mixed pour. And I need to guard that. A whoa, 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 whoa is your poor mixed. <laughs> is what you're pouring in a little bit mixed with false motives. Like Paul, we have to say, the Lord is my satisfaction. The Lord is my satisfaction. And the life that I pour, the life that I lead is a drink offering. And even if I'm being poured out, it's so that their faith is grown. You see, because we will pour. But like the Paul, Apostle Paul says, it's going to be a drink offering to the Lord. It's going to be pure. It's going to be for their faith, their benefit, their growth. And so the last woe as we end this morning, right, we made it through. Woo! We got the fifth one. The last woe this morning is one that ultimately Babylon taught this life that um, if man is strong, which Babylon has proved they're strong, if man is strong, then what man makes is good enough. Then what man makes is good enough. And so they taught to make, honor, trust, 
and what they could fathom. Idolatry, if you want to write this down, the pursuit of idolatry is a last woe. And ultimately, if you read continually throughout this, this is Babylon's destruction. All all of those other ones happen, yes, but the idolatry is where Babylon ends. That's where Assyria ends. Babylon ends at idolatry. And what they were doing is interesting. It's so easy for us to trust the work of our hands. It's so easy for us to trust the power, the security, and the things that we create or the created world around us. And so this is what the Lord says in verse 18. What prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes a speechless idol. Woe to him, there's that fifth woe, who says to the wooden thing, hey, awake. To a silent stone, arise. Can this teach? And in our modern world, it's so easy for us to be like, well, I don't have a golden calf. I don't have a wooden thing in my home that I pray to. And we think we're clean of idolatry. But Babylon is here. And so idolatry is here as well. Because every culture has five woes. And the fifth one is idolatry. It's the trusting of what you've made. The money you've made, the bank account that you have, the the home that you've made, the, the, the name that you've made. Trusting in that name. Trusting in the thing that's giving you the pleasure. Trusting in the drink that's going to calm your nerves. Trusting in that fix that's going to fix, but it never does. Trusting in it, that is idolatry. And, And it's interesting, we see this everywhere. We seek jobs to secure us. I got, I got convicted of this. We seek that, that home, that thing to secure us. We seek that job, that money to protect us. Idols are everywhere. And just like the wooden statue of Babylon, they don't speak. Now, I, <laughs> you get the job thinking it's going to speak to your soul. That's when you know it's an idol. Think about it. You've worked so hard for that dream job because secretly you think it will speak to your soul. It'll speak to you. You want that because it'll speak to you. You want that relationship because it's going to speak peace to you. It's finally going to give you that. It's going to speak to you. Some of you are more like, yeah, it speaks to me. Yeah. Others are like, I don't use that language. All right. You think it will give you joy, and so you do it. You think it will speak joy to you. But idols don't speak. They teach lies, though, but they don't speak. That's why he says uh, it's not going to speak, but it teaches lies. It's a teacher of lies. Because every idol will teach us to trust the personal truth of the idol. What I mean by like, this is for me. It's okay if you have the thing for you, but this is for me. It's okay, like that might work for you, but this is my thing. An idol will always lead to a personal truth. An idol will always take us away from something that is overarching truth and lead us into a personal truth. Because when I have that personal truth, then I don't care about anyone else. An idol, a personal truth is for me, but can we just own that Like, if a God is true and most high, then he's for all. And the absolute truth is for all. But the world around us, once we get into personal truths, that's idolatry. 
personal truth is an idolatry, a heart sold out. This is true for me. It helps me, right? Like we see that all around us, but can we like own that an eternal guidance can't come from a created thing? Like it's just not, peace isn't going to come from a created thing. Uh, Joy is not going to come. Nothing man-made can provide us with anything long-lasting. It won't happen. And so Habakkuk says this, and this is so good. He, he hears the Lord say, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. You want to know why he writes this at the end? Because Babylon is struggling with, why is my wooden idol silent? I must make another one. I just have to achieve more. If this home, if this thing, if this job isn't speaking to me like I thought, I will just want more. But this is the beauty of our God. The Lord is in the holy temple, and all of the earth keeps silent, meaning the very wooden creature, the wooden thing that they made, knows who the Lord is. And to honor the Lord, that wooden thing can't speak. Is that making sense? Like, it's so cool. All of creation is silent to the hearts of men, so that the hearts of men can learn to the Lord. It's so beautiful. Like everything's going to keep silent before God. And so you're wondering, like, why isn't this job speaking to me like I want it to? It's because God silented it. That, that job, that thing honors the Lord and you need to start. Like, it's so cool. Like that, that, that wooden statue that you've made honors the real Lord because it's his creation. You just got to fall in line. It's silent. But like Israel in opposition, us, the world, we have to say my guidance doesn't come from Google. My guidance comes from the Lord. My strength is from him. He is my safe place. So as we end this morning, Gabby, you guys can come on up, team. That's a lot of woes. (laughs) There's a lot of woes. We got this pursuit of selfish ambition. We have this pursuit of self-preservation, this pursuit of violence, this pursuit of self-pleasure, and the pursuit of idolatry. As you see those up there, I really want, as we sing this song, no words to be up there other than these. So you just get a back seat, Hannah. No words to be up there except for these. Because as we sing this last song, I want you to genuinely say, Holy Spirit, which woe are you saying, whoa, 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 to my heart? Which woe? Because God, I want to honor you. I want to stand apart from this culture. I want to stand strong as Babylon falls. Which woe are you saying, whoa, whoa, whoa? Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.